Our reading is taken from Romans chapter 14, verses 10 to 20. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God, and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. This is the word of the Lord. Let's continue to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence with us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here with us. And as we turn to your word yet again, we long to hear from you what you are saying to each one of us and to us as a church. So speak clearly now, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. There's been a lot already within the service, and what I want us to do ultimately is to have a bit of time and space. So that's where we're going. So I'm not going to speak for very long, so, um, so bear with me. But we've been hearing a lot, and God is speaking to us all in different ways. But it's about being the family of God, and that's what our passage is referring to today, that we come together different ways of being, different people who we are, and the Holy Spirit draws us together. And part of our life together as the family of God is about sharing in what is happening. And that's really what today is about. There's lots of sharing. It's all come at once. But we're sharing what is going on and what is happening in the life of our church. It is Advent Sunday. We've lit the candle. And we're looking to that amazing season of Christmas where we rejoice that Jesus came to live amongst us, that we could know God that we could know God in the form of Jesus. And we've been learning how the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that more and more. Who is God in our lives? But Christmas is an amazing opportunity for us to share that around and to draw other people in. And so you'll find in your notice sheet, and I'm not going to go through everything because you can all read, but take this away with you. And on the inside page is a list of all the things that are happening over Christmas. And as we begin Advent, now's the time to be praying. Who might I invite to come along to hear something of the light of the world? Lots and lots of opportunities 
Do have a look at it all. The thing I just want to draw your attention to, because this is important and it's a change, is Christmas morning, where we're doing something different with our service times. Over the last couple of Christmases and Easter, and if you're here on Remembrance Sunday, you'll have seen a packed church without room for people to sit. On Remembrance Sunday, we even have people sitting at the foot of the lectern. It's not particularly welcoming and it's not particularly safe. And we trust that the same thing will happen, that, that more and more people keep coming. We need to make space for the people who want to be here on Christmas morning. And so we're not going to have an 8 o'clock service, but we're going to have a 9 o'clock service and a 10.30 service. The 9 o'clock is going to be a communion service with carols. So 8 o'clock are coming a bit later and they're going to sing. And I'm asking you to think, is that a service that would work for you? Because I'm imagining that the 10.30 family service without communion will be the one that will appeal to many people in the village who don't normally come to church. So would 9 o'clock be a really special time for you and fit in with your family lunch and celebrations where there'll be communion, there will be carols and possibly visitors as well? Two different services, two different times. An opportunity to think, which one will I go to? So that we're making space for those who we believe will want to come to fit in around us. That's all I'm going to say. But this is about us being the family of God. And having to be adaptable and flexible as God works amongst us. We can't always do things the same way. And we are growing, which we must give thanks to God for. And the power of the Spirit amongst us is tangible at the moment. We can sense that God is doing something. And he does that through the work of the Holy Spirit within us and within us corporately. And how do we change? How do we respond to that? Our passage in Romans is saying, the work of the Spirit is to bind you together, even when you are very, very different. We've thought of different ways in which the Spirit works. But in some ways, this is perhaps the most incredible. Because what the Spirit does is bring together people who would not normally be together and make us one. And that's what the early church is struggling with. They've seen Jesus model something that they are finding hard to do. Jesus came and mixed with all the people he shouldn't. And he got into trouble for it. And the Pharisees tutted and muttered and complained and ultimately took their concerns to the authorities because Jesus did the wrong things. He mixed with the wrong people. He mixed with the sinners, the outcasts, the lepers, the untouchables, the unclean. And he ate with them and had fellowship with them. And he modelled something for the early church And in the beginning of Acts, we see that power of the Spirit drawing people together who would not normally be together. Jews and Gentiles, men and women, slave and free. People who society says are apart, the Spirit brought together. Perhaps that is the most supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. The thing that is most out of the ordinary. The thing that we find hardest to do within our own human sense. Because we would rather be with those like us that make us feel comfortable. Sometimes if you're sitting at a railway station waiting for a train, just have a look around at groups of people that tend to dress very similarly, those who are together. Be of a similar age. Talk about the same things. We naturally are drawn towards people like us. 
And the Holy Spirit says, actually, I'm drawing you together with people who are not like you. But I can make it work amongst you. Because my work amongst you corporately means that you can do what is not natural to our human state, but powerfully special and gives us a witness to the rest of the world. Many of the world's problems are because we don't live with one another as we should do, as God has created us to do. And the work of the Holy Spirit means that those barriers can come down and that we can live together beside each other as God's family. And I just think that's so remarkable. And we've got so much more to do, haven't we? That's why it's important to think about our Christmas services, to think about those who are not here yet. They might not be like us, but we want them to come in and we want them to have a seat to sit on. Because the Holy Spirit says, I'm bringing you together. And he is definitely at work here amongst us, bringing in more and more people, strengthening our community, And we might not know each other as well as we might like to, the larger we get. But there is a sense in which the Holy Spirit goes beyond that and says you are the body of Christ. Whether you are like one another, whether you like the same things, we are here together. And with his power working through us, we can become that body and we can live together and those barriers can come down. We've been thinking a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit, who he is, how we understand him, how he works within us, and how he draws us closer to God the Father and God the Son. Uniting us with God. Helping us see God more. Helping us draw from God's love and power in so many different ways. In the hallmark that gives us that family resemblance so that we become like Christ as the inner compass directing us, leading us forward, as the guarantor, the confirmation that God is indeed present in our lives. How precious that is that I know God is real in my life through the power of the Spirit. As interpreter, helping us to pray. As engineer, making things happen, encouraging us to play our part in God's kingdom. And now as glue, holding us together, despite our differences. In our home group um, earlier this week, we were watching a video clip, um, a man called Francis Chan, who was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And at one point, he described this like a, a wave that comes. If you're a surfer, you don't know when the wave is coming, but you see it, and you have a choice. Do you jump on it and surf, or do you let it go? Now, I believe... I believe we all have the power of the Spirit with us all the time. But I believe there's moments in a church's life where that power seems stronger. And it feels like that at the moment, that the Spirit is working amongst us. And I could tell you many, many stories, I haven't got time, of how I know that that is happening. But it's like a wave coming through us, building up momentum. And we've got a choice. Do we jump on it? Or do we let it go? Well, I want to jump on it. I want to jump on it with excitement and anticipation of what more God wants to do amongst us. And as we reach the end of this series, I know for every single person, God has spoken to us in different ways because we are individuals, we are unique. And these series of sermons have spoken in different ways to each of us. So this is where I want to give us some space to think back and to reflect and to ask God, what have you been saying to me? 
What have you been showing me that I didn't already know? What have you been reminding me that I had forgotten? And to think about what we have seen over the last few weeks, how God, through his spirit, has spoken to us and what he might be saying to us now, where he wants us to jump on that wave and to go further. So we're going to listen to a song. It's a nice, gentle song. And you've got the words in front of you on a sheet of paper. And if it helps to have those in front of you, to be able to read those words, you might use this as a, as a period of prayer. But within that time, just think, God, what have you been saying? Holy Spirit, what have you been showing me? How have I experienced you in a different way? And where more might I go? It's um, Keith and Kirsten Getty. And at the end of it, Kirsten Getty's speech, she's got a very strong Irish accent, so you might not pick out all she says, but the words she is speaking are the words of the um, prayer of St. Patrick's breastplate, Christ within me, Christ before me. But listen to the song, Holy Spirit, what are you showing us and where are you taking us?